Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> film that tried to pull an LGBTQ gimmick is bombing at the box office. Deadline reporting Disney Pixar's Lightyear didn't do its magic by internal studio industry standards. $51 million. Close to a third below the projected $70 million that it was supposed to get. When you miss that projection, you're in trouble. In comparison, Toy Story 4 back in 2019 brought in $121 million. Some have blamed COVID and what's happened to movie theaters and all that, and that's, I'm sure, part of it. It also could be perhaps focusing, uh, instead of focusing on the quality of the film, focusing on being progressive instead and trying to inject this stupid crap into movies that nobody really needs injected into anything. Putting this gay kiss for some reason in a kid's movie as if that adds anything to the film. Of course it doesn't. The reality is they can make Hollywood and the media as woke as they want, but they can't force regular people sitting at home to watch it. You realize that how Hollywood survives are all those flyover states that they all resent so much. Those are the people that go to movie theaters. There's a reason Top Gun has made like $800 million worldwide so far and why this movie sucks. Well, I guess it's true. Anything that goes woke, goes broke, and goes to crap. I guess this is just one more nail in the coffin for Disney. <clears throat> it's a good thing, too. I, I mean, I haven't seen the film myself, and I actually enjoyed all the Toy Story films. I got kids, so I watch all the little kid, kid movies with them, and I enjoy a lot of them. A lot of them are real good. Some of them not so much, but the majority of them have been good throughout the years. Uh, Disney... Over the course of the last few years, even before they started getting real, real woke, um, their magic kind of lost its. Uh, what do they? What do they say in uh, uh, in uh, Alice in Wonderland? It lost its muchness. Yeah, their magic has lost its muchness. Their creativity level looks like it's definitely subpar. It kept dropping. It's not what you were used to. You wouldn't see films that blew you away like they did in the past. They started becoming good movies, but nothing to really get all super excited about. I think their biggest movies were probably the Marvel series, and they invested most of their time and money into that. Maybe the kids section suffered because of it, but now... Since they've made that transition in the political world and they want everything to be woke, um, they're killing themselves in a different way. They're, you know, they're, it's self-inflicted wounds that they're giving themselves right now. The Buzz Lightyear movie, which I, I did find awkward when the announcement was made that they were making the movie, and I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to have woke nonsense in it. Um, I, I was a little worried that Tim Allen wasn't voicing the character of Buzz Lightyear. I mean, he has been the voice, even in the movies, if you've ever watched any of them. No matter whether it's the real Buzz that was part of Andy's little group, or if it was a different Buzz Lightyear, and they've run into different ones throughout the, uh, the time there, they all have the same voice. Uh, even when you saw a commercial about Buzz Lightyear, had the same voice. So you would assume they would have kept him with the same voice. This is kind of like a spinoff. This was the supposed to be the original series that... Uh, Andy saw in the movie theater, which got them all jazzed up about buying the buzz. That's the, the route they were going with. But 
I was a little cons- I was a little I thought it was a little weird Tim Allen wasn't there and I did hear some speculation and I can't verify this that the reason they did not ask Tim Allen to do uh, Buzz Lightyear's voice on this particular uh, movie was because he's a conservative. I don't know how true that is. I can't verify that. Would it surprise me? No. Uh, if Tim Allen knew they were doing it and you were going to go out of your way to be so woke that you're going to have two animated characters having a gay kiss, do, would it surprise me if Tim Allen said, yeah, I don't want to really want to be part of that? That wouldn't surprise me either. I don't know. I can't say again. It's all speculation at this point. But Disney definitely, this shows you where the uh, agenda is at because you uh, put a scene in a movie I have not seen it. I will not be seeing it uh, because I'm not getting into all that woke nonsense. Um, but supposedly in the movie, uh, his uh, you know counterpart or his uh, right hand woman uh, is openly uh, lesbian and says so, and Buzz is okay with that. And at some point in the movie, there is a romantic kiss between her and her significant other in the movie. And I mean, this is, I mean, it's re- kind of ridiculous that we're talking about this because it's a cartoon. I mean, it's computer animated cartoon. I mean, w- have we gotten that far off base here that we got to go out of our way to inject sexuality into cartoons? I guess we have, or at least Disney has, but it just proves to you how you're going to go broke. Yeah, I mean, and I'm glad that they do. $51 million, uh, I did look up what the cost it was to make. So if you made $51 million on opening weekend, from there it's going to dwindle down. The production budget was around an estimated $200 million. Um, they may reach that budget, they may not, but keep in mind, and I think most people don't know this, is that a production budget is literally based upon the movie. And then they have a separate budget that they use for promotion where they run all the commercial ads and they go out there and promote the, the new movie coming up. And a lot of times um, the amount of money that they put into promoting is almost equal to the amount of the cost of the movie itself. So if that's the case, you figure Disney right now is $400 million in the hole and that's a big hole to be in when you only made 50.5, actually, everybody's rounding up, but it's the, the number came out to be 50.5 million on the opening weekend. Shouldn't get better from there. Top Gun, I think, pulled $44 million in the same weekend, and that's been out for a few weeks now. Uh, again, I haven't seen Top Gun. You know, that's just, I didn't catch it. I don't go to the movie theaters. If I watch something, it's here at the house. And generally, if we're watching something, we're pretty good about making sure it's kid-friendly. So if the kids are running in and out or if they stop to watch the movie, there shouldn't be anything in it that uh, a kid wouldn't be able to watch because that's just the way we are. So I haven't had a chance to see it yet myself, but my understanding from everything that I've read about that movie is the main theme of the movie was it's pro-American. There was no woke nonsense in there. They didn't have any of that crap in there at all. And look at how well the movie's done. I think up to this point, the movie has made, I want to say, $800 million. So, I mean, this movie is killing it, and it's still killing it, considering it only came $6 million uh, behind Toy Story on its opening weekend. Not Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear on its opening weekend. So it's doing well because that's what people are craving for right now. We want some good entertainment without all the political bull crap that they like to interject in it because they just want to keep just mind-altering you. So... Good for Disney. Keep on that woke path, and then we won't have to talk about Disney anymore because they'll cease to exist. So that works for me.
All right, Biden. I did a story for you about a recall on all the electric vehicles that Joe Biden had purchased because he is hell-bent on making sure that 50% of all vehicles in the United States by the year 2030 are all electric vehicles. Well, he is going to have another snag. Besides the fact that you were seeing they were having recalls because the batteries weren't performing well, a new law just went into place, and the law prevents suppliers from China for electric vehicles and other green energy products from entering the U.S., um, halting the Biden administration's priority. The Forced Labor Prevention Act requires proof that any product coming from China, one of the main producers of all the crucial components you need to make these batteries, uh, are free of forced labor. And let's be honest, in China, being free of forced labor, yeah, <laughs> that's like saying a fat kid walks into the candy store and doesn't walk out with a candy bar. So let's be honest, okay? There is no way that there's not forced labor in China. Not to mention, a lot of these car companies, you know, money drives the world. Let's let, let's be completely honest. Every every evil trick, everything that happens that we talk about, everything. When you get down to the root cause, it is always money because money is power okay so it always goes back to money well because of the Biden administration's uh push to transition and all of these car making companies wanting to jump on board to virtue signal well revenues among a lot of the auto manufacturers are not looking good for example Ford saw a 5% decline in revenue and took a $5.4 billion bath (laughs) in the first quarter after investing in the production of these electric vehicles. So I kept telling everybody, I had a lot of buddies of mine, and they're like, oh no, Chevy says they're not going to make a combustion engine past 2035, and everybody's going to keep doing this transition, and there's no way we won't have any gas-powered vehicles left. And I kept telling everybody, All my friends are like, listen, you can say whatever you want to say. Will they have a certain amount of the fleet be electric? Yes, of course they will. But the demand for gas vehicles is still there, and it is the highest demand. There are electric vehicles now, and if everybody was so interested in buying electric vehicles, more than just 1% of all vehicles sold in the United States would be electric. But it's at 1%, which means 99% of all cars that are being sold in the United States today are gas-powered vehicles because it's trusted. It's energy you trust in. It's easy. We have grown to know the program. You know what type of gas you like putting in your car. You know how far you can get in your car. You know how long you can push your car. When certain things go wrong with your car, you know exactly what the problem is. We are very familiar with this. It's comfortable. The energy's good. The cars move well. We were doing really good for a while. I don't particularly like newer cars, lots of people do, where they were making the ener- the uh, uh, engines so much more efficient that you were getting much better gas mileage, which in essence is helping because you're not using as much fossil fuel. So we were on a good path. Now, the Biden administration and all these crazy leftists want to take you on a completely different path and they want to scrap that idea and we're just going straight to electric and you just deal with it. 
Well, all these snags in the road that him and his administration keep hitting, are it's going to prove devastating for him. And just like I said, I was telling my buddies that they'll never get rid of the gas engine. Never. Until there's an engine that is uh, the equivalent to a gas engine, a modern gas engine today, that'll get you that 42 miles to the gallon or 50 miles to the gallon, and you're getting 27 miles in the, in the – uh, you know, in the streets here, in the, in the local streets to the gallon instead of highway miles. It, once they come up with something similar to that, then people will start getting away from it and using a different fuel because they're going to feel comfortable that they can do the same thing that they're doing today. So I never truly believed that we would go all electric. I know that, yes, there will always be a percentage of people that want to do that and live their lifestyle that way. And that's the beautiful thing about America is if that's what you like, have at it. You know, uh, for me, it doesn't work. I don't like new cars at all. My cars are all old. The newest car that I have is my wife's car, which was handed down to me from my father because the car that she had before that uh, died. Wah, wah, wah. So I'm trying to unload the new car and I'm going to buy an older vehicle. I'm just waiting for the right moment in time to do that. But the vehicle that I drive right now that uh, my wife usually takes out is the uh, is a 1987. <laughs> show you the type of vehicles I drive. And the vehicle that I'll be buying will be somewhere under the 2000 range and not, not dollars, years. It will be 2000 or older because that's what I like. That's what I grew up on. Those are easy for me to repair. Uh, everything about them I'm very familiar with. So those are the types of vehicles I enjoy. So I don't believe that electric will ever get there, not because I'm a gearhead or anything of that nature, just because I, I don't see the demand for it that a lot of other people tend to see okay Larry Summers Larry Summers or Lawrence Summers depending on how you know him uh, he's an American economist 71st uh, Secretary of the Treasury under Obama it, it was interesting everybody if you hear now everybody's rallying behind Joe Biden he was asked a question from a reporter about uh, us going into a recession <clears throat> let me see on the paper here I'm sure I have it Okay, uh, let me give you the question, the answer, and then we'll talk a little bit. Uh, one of the reporters said economists are saying that a recession is more likely than ever. Biden's response, response to that was, and this was this past weekend, now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, Biden said, but all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is. I, th I, I was talking to Larry Summers this morning there's nothing inevitable about a recession. Well, it's interesting that he was talking to Larry Summers because Larry Summers went on live television and said something completely different. Larry Summers, since right now we are sitting at roughly 8.6% year over year, we're obviously at a 40-year high. Uh, and as far as I can tell, and most economists that I listen to that are right all the time, um, there's no signs of, of inflation slowing down right now. I know they, the Fed keeps raising rates, uh, which is going to be devastating to the stock market and the housing market, um, ultimately. But the only way to stop recession, I mean, the only way to prevent a recession and to stop inflation is you just got to keep raising the rates. So they're going to have to do what they got to do to get this beast and, and tame it. But we're at 8.6%, no signs of slowing down. And in a London speech that he just gave, Summer said... 
We need five years of unemployment above 5% to contain inflation. In other words, we need two years of 7.5% unemployment or five years of 6% unemployment or one year of 10% unemployment, um, which is obviously discouraging to anybody right now. Unemployment right now is at 3.6%. To hear that people are going to have to lose jobs to ease inflation should be very concerning for all Americans because the name of the game is to be working. So they, in essence, to fix what Joe Biden and the Democrats have caused, they're going to have to also put you out of work which I don't even know how that makes any sense. <laughs> but um, Summers did go on to say his best guess is that a recession is ahead. I base that on the fact that we haven't had a situation like the present one with inflation above 4% and unemployment beyond 4% without a recession following within a year or two. And so I think the likelihood is that in order to do what is necessary to stop inflation, the Fed is going to raise interest rates enough that the economy will slip into a recession. And that was this weekend, the very weekend that Joe Biden claimed to talk to Mr. Summers. And he said that speaking with him, he, you know, a recession was not imminent. I disagree with both of them because I believe we're already in a recession. Yeah, the economy's slowing, the housing market is slowing, gas prices are still rising. Oh, did anybody hear Joe Biden is going to try to pull the wool over your eyes and he's going to give you a, uh, a gas holiday break and he's going to try to knock off a tax, which is about 30 cents or 35 cents or whatever it works out to be off a gallon of gas for, I, I want to say, they say they were going to start in August and they said it was going to go through September, but I guarantee they'll extend that through November, through the elections. They're, right now, they're going to try to buy your votes. <laughs> That's where we're at. We suck so bad, we got to do something, so we're going to try to buy your votes. So um, the self-inflicted wound of gas, because they don't want to produce gas, and <laughs> is now going to bite them in the butt in uh, November. And I don't know how many people are going to be that excited when you're facing $5 a gallon, even if Joe Biden hooks you up and cuts off 30 cents and it's four seventy a gallon, I don't see how that would jazz you up to vote for the Democratic Party. But there are stupid people out there, so you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, I just didn't know if anybody heard that. I'll get more details on that. Uh, funny thing is I do remember 2007 or eight. no, probably 2008, uh, Obama um, on the trail talking about John Kerry, uh, and um, was talking about this actually exact thing, which was the gas uh, price break holiday thing that they're talking about. And he says it's a gimmick. So the fact that the Biden administration is going to do that, it's going to be interesting because, you know, pretty much all conservatives are going to start throwing that around. And it would be nice if somebody would be able to actually ask Joe Biden about that, because I'd love to hear him go against Obama because he would have no other way but saying Obama didn't know what he was talking about or try to spin it in a totally different direction or just ignore it altogether. But, you know, all of my little fantasies of people actually interviewing this guy the right way usually are cut short because uh, or don't happen because nobody ever does. All right, women, get ready. You guys should be cheering. You guys should be excited. Something good's happening. Finally, we got some people that have some sense. 
FIFA and World Athletics, two international governing bodies of sports, revealed Monday that they are reviewing their eligibility rules for transgender athletes. The news comes after FINA, the international body that governs, governs swimming, enacted a new policy that prohibits from competition. Uh, am I? No, yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my uh, sight there. Um, Transgender female swimmers who experience any stage of male puberty, which means the uh, Mr. Thomas will be eliminated from being able to compete with women. In the article, and I got this one off the blaze, but it's it's pretty much going everywhere. I've seen it on the blaze. I've seen it on Breitbart. I've seen it on Fox News. It's anywhere. You can go look it up for yourself and see that one. But... Uh, in further deeper down in the article, they go out of their way, the presidents of the association, to say that they need to make things fair because they don't want to live in a world. Now, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive my pat on the back at this moment. Okay, <laughs> so, yay! Ah, that's what I was saying. You must have listened to the podcast. Yeah, um, they don't think that it would be fair for young girls to grow up feeling that they have no future in women's sports because biological men who have already gone through puberty and have become big, strong men that decide they want to wear a dress now are competing against them and completely destroying them in their sport. They also went on to say, and I know I'm, I'm, getting my, I'm patting myself here, <laughs> okay. They also went on to say that they are um, looking into pioneering and have being the first ones to have their own class for transgender. There it is. This is what I've been saying. Make your own league for them and they can all compete. And however that works out, have at it. And then let the girls have their sports. They were erasing women's accomplishments from history which was pissing me off because these young girls that compete at levels for them that are the highest level of competition deserve their moment they deserve that moment in the sun that moment of glory of victory to be up on the podium to hold their medals to be excited that they are the best and they deserve that. And they were stripping them of that by allowing men, biological men, to compete against them who have a biological advantage because they are bigger, stronger, and faster than the women are. Now, one thing that they did say, one stipulation, which this is nauseating, uh, but if, in case anybody else wanted to pat me on the back, I'll throw one more out there. I did a good job there. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing uh, they did throw out there was that uh, if you are a woman who, or if you're a man that decides to transition prior to the age of 12, shoot their parents, please. Um, you would be allowed to complete, compete with women because since you did not go through puberty and your body did not have the testosterone boost and it was blocked then biologically or on a fairness level, it should all be even, supposedly. The fact of the matter is, I just, I can't, I can't when I hear 
that kids under the age of 12, my God, these little fragile human beings that they are destroying. I don't know any child that would be going through that. Uh, hopefully that number is extremely low and limited, like not even a tenth of a percent because stuff like that makes me worry. It keeps me up all night because I feel like these kids are being abused and getting help from no one. And the people that are abusing them the most are their own friggin' parents. You know, not that I don't worry for other abused children. It's just when you hear stuff like this, it's such a radical thing that they're putting these kids through. And, and most of the time, as I've given you statistics, Throughout the episodes that I've done throughout the couple years here, that the I think fresh off the top of my head, yeah, 65% or so when they're young adults or young kids, they make that transition. 65% once the transition is fully done, commit suicide. Okay, that, I mean that is a uh, a unbelievably high number and a scary number because obviously that's not what they truly wanted. And they had some other issues that needed to be worked out. But mom and dad obviously have their own set of issues. And they let them go through that anyways. All right. Now, I always talk to you about the further we take God out of society, the crazier things get. Well, in a, I guess today's good bat, back padding day. I guess I'm having a good day. <laughs> but in an effort to just emphasize and prove what I've been telling you, because I know it's true. Uh, Just the News reported, the number of U.S. adults who say they believe in God has dropped to an all-time low of 81%, with liberals and young people less likely to profess a belief in a higher being, according to a Gallup poll uh, poll that was released uh, this past Friday. When Gallup first asked, do you believe in God, in 1944, 96% of Americans said yes, 2011 was the last year more than 90% of the U.S. adults said that they believe in God, with 92% saying yes. Belief in God has stayed below 80% ever since. Conservatives are the most likely group to express a belief in God, with 94% saying that they have faith. People of color are also more likely to profess belief in a higher power than non-Hispanic whites at 88% to 79%. Women are slightly more likely than men to say that they believe in God at 83% to 80%. Married people are also more likely to say that they believe in God to those who are not married at 88% to 77%. And just 68% of people who are between the ages of 18 and 29 years old say they believe in God, making them the least likely age group to do so. This is down by 10 points from 2013 through 2017. Liberals and Democrats are the least likely groups to profess a belief in a higher power, coming in at a uh, dismal 62% and 72% respectively. So, as I said, 1944, what was happening in 1944? World War II was going on. We had a much higher belief in God during a time when the economy wasn't doing good. World War II was going on. The country was being run by FDR, a socialist that was trying to transition us into a communist uh, nation. And the belief in God was much higher then than it is today uh, under the circumstances we live in, when we have never had it better. So, again, just to drive home my point, you see... Throughout the years, I think they said our best years in the United States were in the 50s. 
Uh, I tend to believe that because the cars that were in the 50s were beautiful. Uh, everybody was shut down on Sundays and everybody went to church and they all ate together afterwards. Uh, mom stayed at home cooking and cleaning and helping kids with their homework and taking kids to and from school. Dad went out, worked all day, made, made uh, the money for the family. When they got home, everybody sat down together. They had a family meal together. They talked together so everybody knew what was going on in each other's lives. There was no social media to influence you with not, uh, negative stuff. People were outside enjoying life as you should be, playing sports, taking walks, reading books, entertaining your brain, not just glued to a screen all day, listening to funny uh, programs that you liked on the radio. To me, it sounds like heaven. Heaven. The cost of everything was cheaper. Life was good. But they say the 50s was the best, and then from there, we've kind of gone downhill. Um, and it shows. You know, uh, Board of Education, well, uh, but I think that was probably the beginning of the end because they were very uh, stern with removing God from the classroom. They didn't want any of that at all. You see how Congress, and that's uh, another one, uh, separation of church and state. I said we would talk about that. I got to go get my history book back out to explain that completely and go through that. Um, I'll probably do a little homework today on that one. We could talk about that a little bit tomorrow because that's uh, very interesting. Uh, I think most people don't know the backstory to the whole separation of church and state deal. It's not what they have led you to believe throughout the years. And it wasn't intended that God is not involved in our country. God is it's the reason we founded this country and the promise that we made for this country was to God. So it ha the founding principle of this country is God. So everything had to do with God. So we'll, we'll get into that. I think that would be a good topic to bring up, that, which is not, has nothing to do with the news, but maybe just something you didn't know about. Uh, tomorrow. But yes, the further we do get away from the Lord, the worse things have gotten over time. You know, I hope maybe as people are going through a little bit more uh, tough times in their lives and they're seeing all this e evil swirl around them, maybe that will push them back to God and we can get a boost in that number, which would be a positive thing. And I think things will start leveling out because we'll return to ha our moral compass to where it should be. All right. Thursday's done. Remember, tomorrow, I will have my fun, fat fact for you. <laughs> it's always fun and fat. Um, and uh, we'll get into whatever else goes on. They're also releasing uh, today more, supposedly, more um, rulings for the Supreme Court. So anything good comes up, you'll probably see me on Truth, truthing out about that, maybe a little bit on Twitter. You know, um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I haven't been on social media too much since I've been sick. Just it takes everything I have, and ha it has been taking everything I have to uh, go to work, come home, still work with the family, do what I'm doing here with uh, the podcasting, and I don't have a lot of extra time. So when I do finally get done sitting down, putting my phone down, uh, I didn't really want to see anything else. I just want to kind of sit peacefully as I feel like I'm dying. So <laughs> with that being said, uh, have a beautiful rest of your Thursday. We will definitely do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow.